one of the most profound states that I've reached recently, and I'll, you know, share how I've been getting here through this journey, is that none of it matters. Yeah. None of this matters at all. At all. But the beauty of it is if it brings you joy, go for it right? So it's this split more and more of none of it matters, yet everything matters. So the paradox is even more. And I feel like that can be translated for me in just about everything I do. Like even right here, right now, you know, it matters every single thing of how I'm communicating and representing myself. And yet at the same time, and us in sharing for those listening and creating a connection with other people in both our vulnerability and our, I don't know what's happening. You know, these two sides that are, when I come to the middle of them is the master. And it's the one that knows exactly what we're doing, exactly where we're going, why we're doing it, how we're going to do it, the alignments that need to come through, that extra walk you need to take or that nap or that transcendence you need to do on that 15 kilometer run you're going to do because you know on the other end of that is liberation of some form. And so it's that everything matters and nothing matters. How does it feel for me? That was Nola Ganim, and this is episode 125 of the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess, your host, and this is the first of a series of interviews that I did during a recent trip back to New England in August. I met Nola shortly after our move from Boulder, Colorado to Newport, Rhode Island in 2010, and thank goodness. As most of you know, that move was nothing less than jolting and the final straw that got me to start meditating. But Nola was someone who already spoke my language. She was a go-to for me, and we ended up sharing a massage office together for years. Nola knew me right at the beginning of my meditation experiment, so she shed some light you guys, on the last pieces of who I call old Jessica. I've been in the healing arts now for well over a decade, and I can tell you that Nola is truly a healer. Not because of any magic techniques or trainings that she has attended, but simply because of her contagious love and her deep desire to connect beings across the globe. Nola is and always has been extremely intuitive, but she also holds the fierce determination to follow through on her heart's calling. In other words, she is walking the warrior path, and she continually shows up for the work. Since our conversation together, which was YTP number seven, she has stepped away from her excuses and right into her biggest fears. She is an example of something that I firmly believe about all us humans, and that is that we are marvels of change. We are not hardwired, and what we fear is there for us to grow from because it's what we signed up for before we even came into this world, you guys. Just set the pace and let the cells follow. There is no time for wishy-washiness for people who desire to live their dreams. We must hold a strong resolve because walking the warrior path to higher levels means that we must walk through what Nola refers to as the gauntlet. And she's been through it more than once. For sure, BJ and I have walked through it as well. Every person in this existence that shows up to better themselves will absolutely 100% walk through the gauntlet. We must, in order for us to resonate at higher frequencies, the lower frequencies must exit. It's universal law. There is no getting around it. And I think today, 
that you'll get a very deep look into one person's walk. And I think you'll hear the joy in her voice and the love in her heart that keeps her going. The important thing to know is that the same joy and love-filled life is available to all of us. In short, Nola is our cacao dealer. And if you've listened to this podcast before, then you know that we're into her cacao. Nola shares with us the profound work that she is doing through her company, One World Cacao, through which she may just be saving the world, you guys. BJ and I have been drinking Nola's cacao for years, and we've been using the whole beans in our training and racing for a long time. She is giving us all a special deal, so stay tuned to the outro for that sweet offer. Nola's awesome. I love this girl so much. To be in her energy is to be high-level living. So get ready to soak her up because I'm handing you over to my chat with my dear friend, the cacao queen herself, Nola Gana. How important do you think the breath is? I think the breath is really the core of everything. And if I were to think back when I first truly began in my daily discipline spiritual practice, it started learning pranayama about 15 years ago. I feel like the breath is the, it's the passageway. It is. And it's one of the ways that I find, I'm a huge fan of like three minutes of breath of fire, three, you know, the three minute protocols I'm a huge fan of. I find that I can transform my mental, emotional, and physical state in more time or less time with my breast than in any other practice. And then through that, I'm able to get out of my head and into my body right away. What do you think lies underneath the breath? The void, source. Um, but I think it depends on what aspect of the breath you're speaking about. What do you mean by that? So are we getting engaged in a more yang breath that is a faster paced, more conscious breath? Or are we talking about a very yin, slow, deep, when you hit those deep meditative states that you come out and you wonder if you've even been breathing? Oh, well, you know that I mean? would be samadhi, right? Right. Because samadhi, for people that don't know, there's eight limbs to yoga. Just speaking from my background in the science of yoga, eight limbs to yoga. And the eighth limb is samadhi, which is the super conscious state. Mm -hmm. And so when I teach meditation, it's the first thing I'm teaching is breath awareness. And so for some people, it's just it's just breathing exercises is their meditation, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, as you progress, start to spend a little time in, in the complete silence and, and all of that. But then over time, as you continue to progress, you realize that allowing the breath to move in and out on its own with your awareness, maybe not so much on the breath, but, you know, maybe through the third eye or something like that, yes. the breath really starts to slow. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you get to a point where you stop breathing and the stopping of the breath is where you enter that samadhi state. So I've definitely had very similar experiences to you where I'm, I come out of a meditation, I realize I have not been breathing. And yet you know you've been fully been breathing on a pranic cellular level the entire time right. because you tapped into that source. So I guess that's what I'd say is under the breath. Yes. And sometimes it's only 10 breaths away from being there or the five breaths and how we do it. So what's under the breath is the actual energy that moves the breath. Right? right? Yeah, like just life. So right? the prana is the life force that moves the breath. And then the breath is really the result of the prana. But we don't actually right. need we don't actually need the breath to be alive. But 
I think it depends on, on your understanding and or attachment to the body if that, if that body is who you are or not, right? Because when, when we start to associate more with the spirit, mm-hmm. then we realize that the body is not actually what's keeping us alive, mm-hmm. quote unquote alive, mm-hmm. right? But if, let's say I'm just, you know, Joe Blow never meditated before, for him to hold his breath, he might have a severe physical reaction, yes. which does not equal samadhi. <laughs> no, not in the least bit. That, well, I was going to make a pun there, but it's, you know. You start with breath just in the end to let go of the breath. Well, you know, it's interesting because I've been really thinking and feeling a lot into this recently because what, you know, in all these years of practice and diving into the breath, diving into the breath and movement and learning how to synchronize the two of those, which is one of the reasons I love swimming so much because you will never meet those two in a clearer place of knowing if you are allowing an inflow or you are sucking for your next breath and your next movement. And that shows me where I am at more than anything and I brings just, up subconscious fears for me as I well. I just felt our audience go, okay, I think I can listen to this now. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Thank you for bringing it back to swimming. That's so great. Well, you know, part of my practice living here is to go swim in the ocean at least every day if I get there, which is my goal to be there. But I've learned how to really start being more gentle with myself. And the more gentle I'm becoming, the more disciplined I'm becoming, which is a fascinating experience to go through. The more I'm just like, oh, what feels good right now? And then my true desires can come out. And that is to take deep breaths and to go get into the light and move my body. And so getting into the ocean for me is that space. And then that's the space that I touch into this samadhi state one of the most. And I play around with breathing underwater. So absorbing through the elements, absorbing through mother ocean while I'm in there and letting that like pranic force breathe me. You, and you know that so much more than I even do through your athletic work where you drop into that state that you are just, it's like your planet's moving. It's just. You're not the doer. No, it's just, it's happening. You're not the doer. Yeah. And that happened really profoundly at an ultra marathon I was running in Mendocino in April. And it was the last three miles. And if you can imagine, you know, the most beautiful coast in Maine, right? That's like how Mendocino is. And I'm running along the headlands and it's just, it's like, it's screaming at me. You are not the doer. Mm. Like you do not have to do anything right now. Just cruise. Just cruise (laughs) with all of the sensation that's coming along with it. Yes. And I just got so excited about the absolute agony my legs were in because I was like, I'm not the doer. Right. And here I am like pretty much yelling it, <laughs> passing people, right? But I'm like, I don't even give a shit because thank God I have gear now that says Yogi Triathlete so they can at least know that I'm, you know, insane from the human level. <laughs> but it was so, it was so magnificent. It was just like, I'm not the doer. I'm not the doer. I'm not, a, I'm not identified as much as I used to be, mm-hmm. which is significantly less with my body is who I am. Yes. Yes. And and that is completely where we're moving into though on this planet and all of us in our consciousness and our I want to say there's almost this ease coming about in us to allow to allow with nothing more to it of no, we're not the doer yet So many of us began these journeys in a denser energy state and a denser mental state where we were the doer. 
And we had to do at that point. We had to change patterns, change action, begin to align ourselves into new disciplines in ways that would move us forward. And, you know, I, I, I feel as though there's this gauntlet phase that everyone goes through, almost like the battlefield phase, you know, the, the phase of unknowing, whether it's in your training, when you're starting to max out or peak out, or you're being unfulfilled by your practice, What's happening, at least in my experience, is you're plateauing in that one state of being and then ready to enter into a deeper level where it doesn't even mean that that practice or that run or anything you're doing even changes. But the place you're coming from within in your interaction with life around it transforms. And then you get a deeper experience where it life then begins to live you and lift you, Right. Right, And you tap into that source that you're not even trying to tap into anymore. Like when we were beginners, all we wanted to do was tap in. Then you begin and you go and you go through that gauntlet. If you make it through, (laughs) you know, if you come out the other side of that canal still in one piece and still with the desire to follow through, then like your cells have changed. Like you, you breathe in a different way. You're getting into that crystalline state instead of the carbon state. You do. You, you completely transform and on a cellular level and it's profound it's totally profound so but that gauntlet and we see this in endurance athletes that gauntlet of my body starting to hurt the workouts keep coming Mm -hmm. my family's like misses me I've got to work I've got so much to do and I'm training for this huge race I can't do it anymore yes and they and they in the most loving way, I'm going to say, give up on themselves. Yes. How does one take that next step? How do they, when they're going into the darkness, how do they keep walking through that midnight? Mm-hmm. How do they keep doing that? Well, you need to have razor sharp eagle eye vision and you need to be soft and gentle. At that's least that's thing. in my experience. You need to be so determined and willing to walk blindly and faithfully in the direction of your dreams at whatever cost it takes. And that can be ferocious and fierce internally, yet outside being open and vulnerable to those in your circle and your life and your, you know, that know you as one being while you're going through a transformation of saying, I love you. I'm not that person anymore, though, and I don't know who the person is that I'm becoming. I want to go on this journey of transformation with you and everyone. Can you help me to learn how I can be more? I've had to go through a lot of that in my own way of, one, I refuse to look back. So the past is no more. It's been lived. It's been written. It's there, but it's over. And it, like, I mean, my rear view mirror on my car keeps falling off. It's been happening for the past year. See, that shit happens, people. Like when you... Nonstop. <laughs> and I have two spiders that live in the rear view mirrors of my car, like my driver's side, and they weave webs. And when I know I'm having a big expansion about to come, when Spider Woman comes in and I'm like, all right, someone else is going to come in and new things about to come. So yeah, it was scary. It was lonely. It was rocky um, doing that blind faith walk through the darkness. But I'll tell you, 
it has an intelligence to it and everyone that's meant to be with you on the other side of it and more is there waiting for you with cheering arms, you know? And not everybody's going to walk it with you. No, they're not. And and, and a, that's okay. And a lot of people are going to still be right at the beginning saying, you don't have to do this. Yes. But that it's the blind faith. It's the, if BJ and I didn't have blind faith and I faith, then I wouldn't be sitting here right now with you nope. having this conversation mm-hmm. because the podcast would, we would have given up on this. We would have tried to get jobs, which I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like there were times where we put our cover letters together and sent out resumes and guess how many responses we got? Zero. Nothing. I remember <laughs> when you were transitioning. So we were still sharing massage room. We were both kicking butt in our practices. Oh, booked out six months. Yeah, easily. We were doing, what, 90-minute sessions, doing everything in between. People walk in Humpty Dumpty, walk out like Hercules or Xena Warrior Princess, right? Over 100 bucks an hour. Well over, yeah. I mean, we were doing great to all standards, highly sought out all of those things. And I remember us both going through this transition where we just sort of look at each other of like, I know I'm really good at this and everyone loves this, but like... I'm over it on some level and I don't know what that means. And it's really uncomfortable because I've devoted my entire life to this. I'm not over the work. I'm not over this, but this model of it. And I remember when you took that first step and you were like, Nola, I'm not seeing anyone anymore. The massage room is yours and I'm teaching yoga and I'm going to see a few regular clients at my house and you just stuck with it and you kept walking forward and then you guys purged your home and you started writing and you started getting things moving. I have chills everywhere and BJ started lightening up and you know, and it was just this like, it started turning a cycle and you did it. Mm-hmm. And look where you guys are now. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. But it's scary. And let's not make it sound like it's an easy process. No. And what we were saying before, <laughs> before the mics went on, and I can't stress this. I mean, I really, I really can't stress this enough because my own experience, knowing you so well, watching you, um, we've had so many talks. You and I have had so many yes. hours of talking and, and experiencing together. And people that I see from afar and I learn their stories because I'm in the plant-based industry or in the endurance sports industry. There is nobody that I know or have heard of that has followed that deep calling, that has walked through the gauntlet, that has not absolutely had their ass kicked. But it was that ass kicking that allowed all of the miracles to come in. Yes. And we have this fear of discomfort. We have this fear of, oh my God, I I just got out of debt. I don't want to go into debt. We have this fear of what if I hurt myself? This fear, fear of success, like fear. There's so many fears that we have to, to, to get to the other side of those. We got to walk right up to them with open arms, totally, not clenched fists. Yes. Right. 100%. Open arms. And that's the vulnerability that you're talking about. Yes. And you know, we've known each other now Oh my gosh, I don't know, maybe seven years or so, uh, you know, whatever, how many lifetimes. I have no idea. But Timelines are weird for me now, I have yeah, to be honest. <laughs> I know, I can't, I can't do the math, but... But at least, but yes. You, you definitely knew me um, prior to being a yoga teacher. Yes. So definitely with a little bit sharper edge. Well, when I met you and I came to see your massage room... I probably made you cry at one point. You tried, but I'm a tough Portuguese. It didn't work. Um, I grew up around you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Chain gang. 
I remember going into your room and all of your certificates were on the wall, oh all of your anatomy charts and all. And I was like, okay, I get it. You're a very important massage therapist and you know your shit. <laughs> totally. Love you, but you know. Totally and me. Which, totally. And I was like, all right, cool, you know. And Graduated with honors. Uh-huh. And don't you dare try and hang anything on my walls. Oh, and no nail holes. I know. I didn't. I didn't even keep sheets for the first six months. I think I toted them back and forth. I was like, woof. Right? You could feel that hoarding of like my my privacy and myself and my role that I played. Which is understandable though. And you know, what I'd like to like even share in with that is we've had to charge like that, you know, like we all had to find this. I mean, we didn't have to, but those of us that chose to live as much out of the box as we could, given the societal standards that we've had in the modern day that we've been lived in. And those of us that have decided to forge our own path, whether that be with massage therapy, as where that is now an in-the-box thing, it's not even out of the box anymore, right? I mean... It was out of the box but when it I was got into then, it. Same here. And we went to massage school at the same time. I was 2006, right? And I was out in Utah. And I was... Yeah. Yeah. The exact same right? time. Right? And that was another we, synchronicity for, we had. For being quote unquote so different right like I loved you from the moment I met you same here yeah right? and we are so different there and yet were so no, similar there were no walls or borders no. you know no matter the certificates I had on the wall yeah. or, or anything I was trying to hang on to as my yes. identity there were so many parallels for what you and I were experiencing absolutely. in our lives absolutely and see in that other parallel like for me mine was totally afraid to own it right? So don't share anything that I am. Don't speak about the knowingness I've had my entire life. There wasn't an awakening I went through or a time. It just has always been for me. But I, my paradigm was that means you don't get to have friends though. You know, if you live fully in that power and that truth and you share and the knowingness you have, whether it's in a massage room or others, nope, no, you need to keep that separate behind closed doors in private space because your intuition and the telepathy and all these things that are running through you active threaten people and you lose friends. So you keep it super hidden, but as soon as your hands go on someone on the table, let it loose. If that makes any sense. So now you my life like is about... It. Well, it was like I two, had to just like, pretend in a way. It was, it was like kind of I, like a dual... I cared identity. more about being liked and fitting in than I did about honoring my like true path. So I got really creative internally and found a way to have two basically identities, right? I'd be here in Newport doing my massage and healing arts and, you know, doing my practice, sought out, and then I would go every single year to the different countries, Southeast Asia, Central America, India, and just dive in and live it and wash off all of the societal standards and the type A and the charge, get really soft, dive into indigenous work, go into plant medicines, go into the training, get to know the physical body, the cell, you know, all that. And then I'd come back here and land back in Newport, Rhode Island every time, like, are you friggin' kidding me? How am I back here? But obviously this is where my work is, you know? So it's been this back and forth where now I'm just, and you've been such a great mirror for me and in such a way too of the athletic community inspires me so much because there is so much action. There's so much determination. There is such positive reinforcement happening. And one of the major journeys I've gone through in the past year and a half of deciding to learn how to run a business that I'm running now and a company is that there are good people out there that believe in you, that want to support in you and have only that energy, yes. nothing else. But you have to when you're... That was not my no. story before. So you have to focus on, to change your story, 
You have to focus on what your story is not currently. You have to focus on what's being blocked out because mm-hmm. your identification with the story. And yeah. when, you know, there's a lot of people who believe that there's a lot of bad people in the world and things like that. And I just see a lot of people doing the best they can. Yes. No matter what that looks like. Yes. The best they can. Right? Because vibration is everything. That is the law that precedes every other law out there. It is our vibration. It is our frequency. It is our um, whatever it is that you want to call it, karma, whatever it is. And we got to clean that up. Yes. And a way to start cleaning that up is moving out of the, letting the old go, right? Mm -hmm. The past does not exist. Mm -hmm. And just where am I right now in this very instant of breath? Who am I? Mm -hmm. And what do I want to create from here? Mm -hmm. So for you to create this business, and this is what I want to get into now is, you know, I had you, we had you on the podcast. You were like, I don't know, you might've been like podcast three. And now we're like in the over 120. (laughs) You're so amazing. I love it. Talk about like moving through some unworthiness stuff. (laughs) Oh, it's incredible. I'd be like praying in the car, like, please give me the words (laughs) to be like a good podcaster. Yes. Please let me plug the mics in the right way. Yes. Right. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing that night you came over and we sat at the table and we podcasted. I still don't know what I'm doing, but thank Things seem to right. be working out okay, you know? No. So <laughs> for you to get where you are now, and you've gone through a ton of transformation since I have. that day, which was a little over three years ago, which is insane to me. A lot No, a little over two years ago, actually. It was 2016 that we sat for this, for this, for our conversation. But I'm watching you. I'm watching you go to business school. I'm watching you do these linear things mm-hmm. that was not the, not the NOLA that I knew because I knew you on on such a deep level because it was behind that massage room door that you and I would open up. And I mean, mm-hmm. there were times when you would be working on me and I would be clawing at the sheets and I would be sweating and you would be like, I'm not getting out of your psoas. Like, I remember. I got to, or like your uterus is so sad. Oh. I'm going to love your uterus now. And I was yeah. like, it is so sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, Vacant. But then you would, remember, you would release with hysterical laughter. I would release with hysterical laughter. That That was was my thing. Because I was done releasing with screaming and punching the wall. And shift that paradigm. So you could still move the energy, still do the release, but in a different way. Yeah. So I'd be sweating, clawing at the sheets, and hysterically laughing, the two of us, while you were like four knuckles deep into my uterus. (laughs) That should be the name of a book. Four knuckles deep in my uterus. Anyhow, my yeah. personal transformation story. Yes, yes. But um, yeah, so I'm watching you and I'm watching you do all these linear things to create this business. And I really, I'm excited to hear how it's all come together and what the articulation of it looks like right mm-hmm. now because I really don't know. Mm-hmm. So what's happened since then? Wow. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> A lot of dry heaving. My four series novel will be out next year. Breaking this down, it will be a saga series written in part fantasy, part lifetime parallels coming together, and part real time. No, um, a lot has happened. Um, basically, I got rerouted in my life um, in a very clean and simple way of saying it. I would say that during that time, I, you know, I've always had this knowing that I'm here to create and that I have a very specific mission and it is very clear to me what I am here to do and how I'm going to do it. I know what it feels like. I've seen the vision. I've lived it in my inner world. 
what I thought and whom I thought I would be doing that with has completely changed. My paradigm has always been I want to serve. So I want to be serve my teacher, serve the community, serve others. Where spirits work with me is more so, ah, ah nice try. You've done that in so many lifetimes, but this is the one that you're going to do it for you. And so what ended up happening is I say death came to my doorstep to unhook me and free me from all of these places that I had conditions to my self-worth and my beliefs and the mission wanting to come forth and the validation that I needed for myself to be worthy. Like I never went to formal college, you know. I at 19 went to massage school, started traveling around the world solo in these different ways and diving into, you know, the indigenous studies and work. But I've always been a nerd and a geek, and I love the linear world in so many ways, yet I didn't understand that those two things could live as one being, and that that's really where things start to change when that's we the, become that bridge. It's the integration. It's exactly. the integration between our dark and our light, our linear and our non-linear, yeah. our, our feminine and our masculine. All of it, yes. We, we, have, to, we have to allow the integration. Correct. And what, we're, what comes natural to us yep. is the one that most people just stay with, yep. and the ones that feel awkward and maybe even violent or, you know, disgusting or hard to let in. Yes. Those are the most important ones to let in because it's that contrast that, yes. that where our completion, I believe, is, is really found yes. in, that, in that contrast and in the, in the integration. 100%. And it was during, you know, during that time. So, I mean, I went through a period of family illness on multiple levels, injuries and transformation in community that afterwards I still had this whole drive in me and this knowing that this is what I'm here to do yet quite confused within it. So I had a lot of inner work to do. So I took myself back last year um, in July, I had this very deep meditation experience with cacao um, and the spirit of cacao, which I used to call it Mother Cacao, but she's more like a homegirl with me now. Like we're really sometimes she gives you a bitch slip. She, she does, and I'm getting to know the different archetypes of her now. Um, where she's like, yeah, I'm benevolent, but I'm also badass and I know where I'm going. And I'd like for you to start engaging more of that in yourself. Please stop doubting who you are because you know, you don't have an 8 million word vocabulary. Like, you know, stop doing all of those things that are your excuses as to why you can't step forward in the business arena because that's what you're here to do. And so I sat down and I said, all right, so what does that mean? She says, you show up, you line up, you do the work, I'll handle the details. I said, all right. And it was the next day that the Social Enterprise Greenhouse Program from Brown University came in a chef came, like all of these, and it was just after that day, I have been living in this, you know, when you follow in on these energy shifts going on, we talk about the 5D accelerated living happening right now. It's been an overwhelming process of synchronicities for me and having to train myself to be in the moment to pivot where I may, as soon as I start getting on a track and I'm like, yep, I'm there, this is it. Spirit's like, oh, you're so cute. No. <clears throat> pulls that rug out, you pivot. know, and pivot. And it's like, okay. And so I'm having to train myself because to get out of that. it's not a straight line. There isn't one. No. Right. It's not. It, there's switchbacks. And we didn't come here for that. 
No. We're the masters of the universe that came in and went through this amnesia portal called the womb, <laughs> you know, and are now in this journey of like, okay, wait a minute. There's so many potential titles so for great. this podcast. I know, right? <laughs> Amen. Yes. Yeah. As your as your mic is sitting on the spiritual midwifery book, which we all are in some You guys way. should see the stack of books <laughs> that we have these mics on. Warrior goddess training, defy gravity. <laughs> I, of course, have the spiritual midwifery book. What else have we got? Little power now. Of course, you got to throw in a little. And power then that's now. the Archangel Michael Chronicles in the middle. Oh, and he's the one all that helps you cut ties. Archangel Michael cuts ties, and that's all about tapping into the Emerald Flame, which is about getting into higher vibrational energies. Which athletes should totally be learning how to tap into the yeah. high vibe well, flow, the which is you the do. Heart. Correct. Right, and we yeah. all know that little Jessica Mikowski could, you know. Needed to open her heart a little of bit course. more. <laughs> Don't we all, though? <laughs> I heard my meditation you know? teacher. I know we're going off. But, like, one of the first one of the first sessions, like, maybe a couple of months in, he was, like, uh, talking to me about compassion. I was, like, I had to go home and look it up because I was, like, I don't know what it means. People have told me this my whole life, but I don't know what it means. And uh, he's, like, you could benefit from cultivating <laughs> compassion. And I was, like, all right, I'm going to go home and look that up. Yes. Figure out what it is. You know, I remember after you, just a quick side, after you really started diving into your meditation practice, because I am a, as empathic as it comes, I'm a, I feel everything and I am an, a subtle energy person. So I feel everything going on on subtle energies, human levels, mental level, like the, the whole nine and I get these Rolodex. And I remember sharing with you what it's like to feel other people. And this experience I had at one point where, you know, I was working with a healer and a teacher and we had this experience where I turned it off for a few days. So I didn't feel everyone in the world around me. And I was like, oh my God, is this what this is like? Like, I feel autonomous. I can be me. And we were having this conversation. You were like, oh yeah, there's nothing empathic about me. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so perfect because it was so clear. And then fast forward... And then you were like, yeah, you're just like my emotional sister or something like that. Awesome. And I was like, get on the table. Lucky you. You're on the table. I'm giving you deep tissue now. Now people walk into my yoga class and I'm like, oh my God, you're all suffering. I have to put my white light pantsuit on. Yes. Well, and that was the transformation is you called me one day and you were like, I think I get it. I think I just felt someone else and what they were going through. And I felt it leave them and go into me. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the core of compassion is oneness. Is. And then also like tying it in is like, yeah, I've been there too. Exactly. Like, exactly. I'm here where I am now, but I've been there. And, and that, that has really, the higher I go allows me m- even more space and more of a realm to say, oh my gosh, I've so been there. I totally get you. Which is how you're able to relate to people. And meet it with love. They need it. Yes. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. She's passing around some posts. Oh, she's got the abundance potion out. Abundance, baby. All right. Let's go back to okay. the business class. All right. So... so so I signed up. So, you so have to what apply. is the business class at Brown University? Okay. So Brown University has a program. It's called the Social Enterprise Greenhouse. It's a 12-week business accelerator cohort. And it is specifically for Rhode Island-based businesses that have a societal or environmental-based give back and mission. So it is a program that's available for anyone to apply to. 
um, I'm brand new in the food industry. You know, I'm, I've, so my year started out with going to serve safe and food safety manager courses and going to New England tech and studying proper heating temperatures for chicken, like things that I'll never have any use for, but I have to know all of these things per code. So it's been this just year and a half of like sitting in these classes and learning the system of how food works works, which is incredibly complicated. And did you kept going back to that moment where you're like, okay, I'm all in because- yes. And I started getting excited. Yes. Because I'm a nerd. Like, I love learning. And I realized that I was so stuck in a rabbit hole for seven Mm -hmm. years that I thought was where I was meant to be until I got out. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was a total rabbit hole. Now let's move forward. And what's been happening is the more I'm lining up to doing – you know, waking up, driving that hour, showing up for class, doing my presentations, standing up in front of groups of people, vulnerable and being like, hi, I'm this being of love and light and I have this thing I want to share in the world. Like seriously vulnerable stuff. And then getting feedback. Getting feedback. You could be more effective. You but should change the sentence. But what's happening is, yes, having incredible coaches, but the feedback I've gotten has completely broken the lie inside that tells me I'm unworthy where – that's not what I was hearing in feedback from people at all. And it was all blown away of the success and the vision and the determination and everything I have and just people incredibly impressed with what I'm doing, which has been an incredibly humbling experience. And my nature is to run. Like as soon as I do something that people like when I was younger and I'd start exercising is or getting healthy, like like high school time, so as, as soon as someone would compliment me, I'd stop. Like I, I have this big, bright personality and I know I'm meant to be in the center. I'm meant to lead. And yet all I want to do is go kick it out in some village with some kids and like just go play at the beach and not do this whole powerful woman stepping forward in the world thing. (laughs) And yet I'm so enjoying it now. And so that experience transformed that separation for me. Well, it's how you willingness for all of us. You can be frightened by it and you can say this is uncomfortable and this is not me, right? This is not me. I'm not going to do this. In my mind, I didn't want to be that girl. You can get excited. Exactly. About like, oh, I'm excited to learn the, how to correctly cook chicken, even though it has nothing to do with chocolate. Which has been phenomenal. Exactly. But when I, and so it was this excitement. So it was a dismantling occurring as I'm moving forward, right? So like, yes. it's like a boat in water. Because you have to keep moving forward. Yep. So, and and as you move forward, of course, the deeper seated limiting beliefs and stuff is going to come up. It's like, it's like a rip current in the ocean. Like the stronger it's moving in one direction, the deeper it can get down into that, you know, bottom of the ocean sand or the and muck. And it gets so strong yeah. in the muck. Yeah. And it starts coming yes. up. And so like, the more you're like, but we're pushing full throttle or... Hey, the engine needs a break for a minute, you know? And I mean, the best way to clear muddy water is to not move, (laughs) you know, like let it settle sort of thing. And that's the allowance. We have to, Mm -hmm. so there's the act and allow. Correct. Act and allow. Take action and allow. Yes. Because if we're just acting, 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 doing, 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 we have to, we're working against universal law. Yes. So we have to take the space. And we were talking about this before about how we've got schedules in our Mm -hmm. day and I've got appointments and people that I talk with and yoga but then there's times where I'm like, I just need to take a walk. Yes. And I need to sit on the bench and I'm going to let the sun like hit my face and then I'm going to come back. And so it's like we have an idea of what the day is going to look like. Yep. But that the way that you and I are working is that we're, we're willing to pivot knowing that those pivots are what's going to make that day 
totally complete in what was meant to get to have happened. Yes. One, absolutely. And one of the most profound states that I've reached recently, and I'll, you know, share how I've been getting here through this journey, is that none of it matters. Yeah. None of this matters at all. At all. But the beauty of it is, if it brings you joy, go for it. Right? So it's this split more and more of none of it matters, yet everything matters. So the paradox is even more. And I feel like that can be translated for me in just about everything I do. Like even right here, right now, you know, it matters every single thing of how I'm communicating and representing myself. And yet at the same time and us in sharing for those listening and creating a connection with other people in both our vulnerability and our, I don't know what's happening. You know, these two sides that are when I come to the middle of them is the master. And it's the one that knows exactly what we're doing, exactly where we're going, why we're doing it, how we're going to do it, the alignments that need to come through, that extra walk you need to take, or that nap, or that transcendence you need to do on that 15-kilometer run you're going to do because you know on the other end of that is liberation of some form. And so it's that everything matters and nothing matters. How does it feel for me? Right. Because it's the... It's such a shift. And it's the feeling that is the creator, right? The feeling is the relationship. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. So if we're... If we're not choosing to be excited about something that's kind of stumping us, yes. right? Now we're going to be moving from that energy of feeling stumped. Mm-hmm. When we actually are powerful enough to choose the excitement. Now, you got to choose, start choosing the excitement and the cells are going to follow. Yes. And the pathways are going to be... Energy flows where attention goes. Yeah. What we focus on expands. The physical takes a little time to catch up. We know this. Yeah. But boy, once you get into that slipstream, and by the way, once you get into the slipstream, it doesn't mean that you're like, all right, time off. Like, yeah, no. No, you got to keep going. And and that's the thing. (laughs) You got to go bigger, more powerful, bigger, more powerful. And not powerful like in a, like, I'm the CEO and I drive 10 cars. It's power in that there are no limits, there, we are the creators, Yes, and that there is no lack in this world. No. There's no lack in this universe. Period. <sighs> I know. <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> so last year, I started working with a homotoxicologist, and I got tested. I sent in my hair and my saliva. What is a homotoxicologist? Uh huh. So this started, okay, so two years ago when we did our podcast, I was starting to get into work again as we're sort of jumping around, but it all weaves together. We're going to weave it, baby. It does. It all weaves together is we were speaking a little bit about what was beginning to unfold around cacao and its work in um, autism, ADD, ADHD. I don't know if you remember that. Mm -hmm. And I was, so the woman whom I was working with in this, Sheila Reed, is a homotoxicologist and a bioenergetic doctor. So what that means is she looks at cellular toxicology and the the levels and layers of your cellular tissue and what's going on. So you send in your hair, your saliva, and you get a full readout of every single cell and system in your body and where you are within a scale of numbers. So this comes back for me, and I have microviruses. I have strep. I had um, Babesia. 
I had limes, which I didn't know I had. I had metals in me. And then I had also um, a microvirus that people go deaf from that I got while I was on a shamanic journey in Central America. Remember all the ear and neck stuff yeah. I went through oh, that huge. we thought was uh, a whole, I mean, a whole story, but uh, that I got in my inner ear canal. So I found out all of these things at the beginning of last year. And so this was at the same time of starting school. I started this detox. It's all homeopathic. I use herbs, um, natural medicine, and um, tinctures and tonics. Cleansed it out. But speaking of, you set the pace and the cells follow. It takes time. I would. I'm, I'm experiencing massive accelerations now that I cleared out my cells and the my purification. body. The purification and my gut's still catching up to that change and all of that. But cacao has been one of my greatest fuels for me within that because it gives me a ground base. And as I'm getting more into this crystalline state, I need less food. I don't know if you noticed that, but it was you guys, and I'm able to run energy a lot. Deep. Like I can eat three almonds and run energy, you know, or have a cup of cacao and that's it until like four o'clock. Like and I, I, and I don't need it. It's so weird that you're saying that because I'm feeling the same way. Like I'll yeah. have three walnuts. Yeah. But my relationship to the power of those walnuts. Correct. Exactly. Has changed so much yes. that it's almost like, oh, oh they're going to burn my hand if I keep them in there any longer. Yes. I got to chew them. Yes. And then chewing them to like completion till they're like just liquid. Macerate those babies. And then, yeah, just macerate those babies and then let them flow into my cells and let them do their yes. work. And feel it. Oh, it's so wild that you're saying this because it's real. I haven't even talked to BJ about this, but I'm eating so much less. Same. Because it's, I'm aligning and it's all about alignment. It's all about cleaning up, like take the freaking trash out. I'll eat. So I'll <laughs> just buy kale and I'll just eat hand, like mouth. Like I'll, I'm, I mean, it's full on, right? I'm living alone so I can do whatever I want right now, but just rabbiting up in my house. And I'm eating kale and I'll go in my mirror some days and I'll just open <laughs> chew them because I can see all the green and the chlorophyll. Oh, yeah. And I see it in my mouth and I just envision my cells having a party. Just like bring it in, baby. You know, like – we don't need this density, but that is, you know, we're we're all in this ascension and acceleration. Like I think we mi- I, especially I, for athletes, right? Cuz yes. you you hit that space where you're through the density. And I f- I'm aligning now more with the power that's within the food. Yes. I always knew food was powerful. I always yes. knew food was fuel. I always knew that you are what you eat yes. and all that stuff. But I have now expanded to a place where I am able to oh, – people are going to be like – No, they're not. This is so out of it. But I'm it's right like, here with you. It's yeah. like the food is communicating with me. Of course it is. On a level that it's never communicated before. 100%. super powerful. Yes. And it will tell you when you need it, how you need it, what – like it's yeah. It's another relationship it's though, a rela- which is what we yeah, keep getting back just, to. The higher I go – my relationship changes where I'm able to tap into those higher vibrations that's within 100%. Food. It's just wild. It's so wild. So that's like such a beautiful place to like 
look at where the old model, like in the paradox we were talking about too, and our food or our breath or our state of mind or our relationships with transformation, all of these things, the 3D model to the 5D model, these changes we're going through is the 3D is like, you have to do work to get there. The 5D is nope, enter the state and then just step forward. So it's like with that food and speaking in this wave of relationship, it's just like, it's a state of being. And I practice this now with myself because I'm having to train myself to assimilate it so I can begin sharing it with others again in this acclimation. But I will go up, go up, go up, go up and really, really, really light up. And then I'll, and I'll go down, 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 down. So I can track myself and where I go, what my muscles, tissues do, what my mental thoughts do. My eyes will even get a little like yellow when I go down, you know, like that lower, heavy, dense, fear-based, isolate, you know, and then I'm like, and then get back up. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, what was that about? And so I'm training myself to realize the permeability of our state of being. Right. And it's like taking everything we did, or I guess just speaking for myself in my energy healing, massage healing, spiritual work, and applying it now to my new life and to business. Into business. And mapping it that way. And, and that's how this whole thing's wisdom. being built. Exactly. It's a being. Right. It's not a business. One world is a she. She knows exactly what she's doing, where we're going. And my biggest training has been getting the F out of the way and not interjecting my fear into it and allowing, you know, and that was the vision. Let's create a platform that can run itself that others can benefit from, that has its own consciousness to it, that we can work in and out and fuel. My job is to get really good at listening, taking those steps forward. Right. And, and walking yes. into those offices and signing those documents and <clears throat> sitting in with my attorney and saying, so I have this thing I want to do, you know? Right. <laughs> so your business is One World Cacao. Mm -hmm. And you took all these steps last year going through this 12-week program. What did you get out of that program? And how did you, how did it apply to the model that you have now? Mm. I've had this, this same vision and work that I'm doing now come through me, in me since, you know, it's funny, I pulled out paper. So basically what it's forced me to do is get organized and get clear and to show up for the work. So it's one thing when you're inspired to do something and you have an idea or a dream and you want to do it. Actually, I think of Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She said after she wrote that book, she had a lot of people that wrote her and they said, you stole my story. That was my story and you stole it and I was going to write that book. And she's like, um, write the book then? Like, I'm sorry, you know. And in it, she speaks about how nobody owns anything. None of us, you know, but someone else is going to do it. Let's move forward. But this shift of understanding it. So going through this process with school made me clean out my dirty closets, you know, and be the one to say, I'm going to start living my story. And I'm the same time going to completely let go of whatever that means because I don't want a story and I want to discover what the difference is. So while I'm going through this program of getting an overall, so we'd have presenters come in, you know, that are successful business owners, financial folks coming in, giving us layouts. So it was basically 12 weeks of getting a lot of information of different models and ways that you can go um, in terms of business structure and moving forward. Um, I believe I was pretty well off getting into this program because I have 12 years of running the massage business and have just lined up within this. So I learned how to structure. 
I started as an LLC last year. Uh, the beginning of the summer this year, I'm now a 10,000 shareholding incorporation. I have dreams of following in my great-grandfather's footsteps of an ESOP company. Um, and what's happening in this time, so this program basically just kept leveling up and giving me feedback from professionals that are doing the work and understand it. So I could go, oh, that thing I was so afraid of really isn't that scary. I just didn't understand it. And that person that's standing up here sharing their knowledge is no different from me. That's right. That's right. Especially now that I have the knowledge that they just shared. That's right. And then sitting in this classroom and sitting around all of these other incredible, incredible people. I mean, we had everything from... um, you know, farmers and gleaming and coffee shops and Asian fresh, beautiful tea to our grain. I got this incredible mentor through this program as well. This woman, Marianne Squillis, that is a CFO and was my mentor through this. And I attest a lot of my experience to my work with her. She believed in me. She saw me. She got me off the fear bus every time, you know, and was like, you got this. Let me help you. So things that would scare me, finances, numbers, you know, and I was like, she's like, you got to learn it, kid. Sorry. And I'm like, all right, teach me QuickBooks. Teach me Excel. I'm ready to change it. So that has just continued to evolve where I got to just kind of learn like, oh, wow, there's like a lot of amazing people out there doing things. And this is a sticky thing for me to even really communicate, but I feel like there's a lot of stuckness in the spiritual community of people sitting with visions and dreams with no action because we don't have this wherewithal to do it. And so it was this place for me where I've observed and seen that. And I'm like, well, these are all my friends. I want to like get by with all the help of my friends and I want to create something. So I know I can do this. So let me just dive in and build this awesome business and this network and this thing so we can all benefit. Yeah. And so I did it. The resources exactly. of this physical world. So 100%. This great story. Um, in the meditation, Yogananda's meditation gardens are in Encinitas, which are yes. 10 miles down the They're road. They're beautiful. I've been. Amazing. And there's a pool there, mm-hmm. right? You know the pool? Mm-hmm. That he never even used. I don't think it was ever even filled with water. But when they're they're creating the pool and he's sitting there and he's, you know, just observing and he's watching. And they're digging the pool and they're digging the pool and they're digging there and they're like, Swami, this is going to take so long. We're never going to finish this pool. And they're digging the pool and they're digging the pool. And they're like, it's never going to day after day. And he's just sitting there and he's watching, right? As all wonderful teachers do, they allow you to suffer. (laughs) <laughs> and they say, well, I just don't understand why we can't use that machinery over there to dig the pool. And he says, well, why can't you? Why can't you? Why wouldn't you do that? Like, why, why would you return so day after day and use shovels when you have machinery 100%. that will dig the pool in one day? 100%. And we have tools here that we can set. Like, you can record this podcast. Yeah. Put it out. To and the then world. you go to the beach for a walk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Use the resources that we have. And Absolutely. I think that's where we get stuck in the spiritual world. Because, I agree. As I'm sure our listeners already know that you and I can go off the rails. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about dimension jumping and all these other <laughs> Which cool is really things, fun. Which is super fun. Especially for athletes too. Oh. I'm serious. I know. <laughs> Seriously. It's wild. You break records like crazy doing it. Yeah. And then you trip yourself out because <laughs> you don't remember the run that you just did. Yeah. <laughs> but it happens to me when I'm doing like long runs. Yes. I'm like, yes. yeah, I'm in a totally different existence. But this is the most important one because this is the one where, this is the one that we're- the Omega point. Yeah. This is the one where we can really get the work done yes. and all of that. 
I think that's where we get lost in the spiritual world is that, you know, the people who renounce everything. They do. And, and, you know, there's a piece though, and this is shifting and this is part of why, you know, I'm a listener and I listen to spirit very deeply and I'm now at a space after diving in for years and years in very, very deep inner work in learning the inner Rolodex and really assimilating into integrative state so that who I am internally and outside become one being, I'm realizing absolutely I understand why there's resistance to getting into this system because if you look at it in that way, it looks like everything that's wrong with the world, right? It looks like why we have the great separation and illusion happening. But again, that's just based off of our view and our belief system and are we looking through the eyes of love or fear, right? Because the eyes of love says, well, yeah, maybe it is, but it's only a system and a system is just designed to be of service. So how do you want to use it? And how do you want to infiltrate that? And if we're in this big light and dark thing, because we're in paradox and paradigm and contrast, well, which one do you want to feed? You know, if we have all this other influence in the system, well, you know, I'm going to be pouring some cacao down those tributaries and veins to get into the interwebs to light it up with our love. Like, and that is where we're at. And similar to like people who kind of get stuck in the, you know, in the spiritual world, I can see also like, okay, I work on Wall Street, I'm making money, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to meditate. 100%. Right? But there, there's so much power that's being missed there. So it's the whole thing is just this integration. This just, yep. but you, you have to be willing to drop your story. You have to be willing to walk through the gauntlet. You have to be willing to walk through the gauntlet physically by yourself, mm -hmm. but under, but, but having a blind faith that there is non-physical support that you can call upon and oh my God, that support oh, is so incredibly powerful. It's incredible. It's the kind that's going to let you sit in the muck. It is the kind that is going to let you suffer. And it is the kind that is going to lead you to that mountaintop view that brings you to your knees in yep. every way that is the most powerful, beautiful, like just benevolence that anybody could ever experience and that we can have heaven here on this earth. 100%. 100%. 100%. All right. Let's jump into, so one roll cacao. Now you're like rocking and rolling. You've got, I mean, you're mailing this stuff all over the place. I know our athletes are eating it and we talk about it a lot on the podcast. And um, why should we drink it? Why should we eat it? Like, especially for athletes, what's so great about it? <laughs> mm, right. Well, there's something that, for me, I feel like I have to preface this with about our specific cacao and where it's coming from and how that's going to fuel in terms of as we're getting into speaking about where we're going in our states of being of transcendence as athletes, as humans, as those of us riding this front wave right now of forward movement, of inspiration and saying yes, right. what we need so much is transparency. To me, that is one of the most important things that can come from any of my interactions with anybody, any place, anything right now, meaning the food that I'm putting in my body. And I need, I don't need, I choose to know where my sources are and what's going into that. And that gets into this whole conversation. And for me, where my real passion lies in cacao. And so my work, like, and through this last year is transformed into a much bigger project, which we're doing a reforestation project where we are 
um, the farm that I work with in the community grows every single cacao tree and it is a living cacao forest there and you guys are all welcome to come on retreat with us and there are a lot of hills and it's elevation and it's a microclimate so you can do all sorts of training there could we do could we do like a, like a retreat there we can do a retreat we're building eco villages like right now we have all sorts I know of that's, incredible bj and i know that's in like our future with yogi Charlie, absolutely but we haven't it hasn't shown itself to us yet yep Yep, but this sounds It's all pretty coming amazing. together, and it's a permaculture farm, so it's an edible forest that's being planted as well, and the family that runs it are just so devoted and passionate to this relationship with the earth, and working and creating in a way that is feeding paradise, which is all of our God-given right here, and to live in that paradise as opposed to what we're seeing outside. So the essence of cacao, when we really get into it and to not go off into a whole conversation, because you know I could share you with you the mythologies, the stories, and so much I'm uncovering that I thought was the truth of this plant medicine that I'm now understanding is not, and has been fabricated, and has been told and glorified, and getting into these true transparent stories as I get into the undersoil of this plant medicine in my own inner meditation and then studies with it. So one of the main things that I love is the transparency of this cacao, the seeds it's coming from. So every single tree is planted from seed and hand harvested. And what's happening is entire communities are beginning to unify around it. That is a really big deal. Like they don't speak. Different villages in the same valleys don't speak. And through cacao and through the continued work of the community of Dalileo chocolate I work with, these communities are starting to interact and growing cacao from these seeds and we're watching it change. We're watching these children start to get it and it's affecting, I mean, it's, that's a long conversation, but that's coming through. And we're also funding and leading, I'm funding it personally right now, but it's growing and this is what every single person who is fueling themselves, and fuel doesn't just come from food, right? It comes from prana and inspiration and joy Every single purchase is directly relating. Oh my God, Jess, you remember them. Remember the boys in Guatemala and San Marcos, oh my, my kids? God. Yeah, the so, little hustlers. Dude, so I started a youth trade skills program and we're funding for them to have jobs. So oh I'm not and giving them money. Gone. So that was like, <laughs> they, they must be, yeah. They're, well, I remember like tracing their feet because... You were going to bring them shoes. The botas, oh yes. Oh, my God. And they were, like, yelling. And they'd all follow, yeah, my little buds. So yeah. Oh, yeah. one in particular, boys. Miguel, is uh, Mike. He's a very special one. And when I was on the farm last um, winter, uh, there was another group. They're called the Abundant Edge. They're an incredible permaculture group um, and business. And they are amazing. And they were hosting a permaculture design course on the farm while we were there, which would be a super cool thing down the line when you're doing retreats with your athletes to incorporate that style. Um, just so many possibilities. Um, and connected in with him, he has land in San Marcos and they have a permaculture farm. So I con contacted him after leaving because Miguel was reaching out to me. Now, Miguel, he's just the sweetest young he's man gotta in be, the whole what, world. He's got to be, what, like 14 now? Older than that. Wait till I show you pictures. He is a dashing young man now mm -hmm. who is working and, like, working so hard and so grateful. Where he was reaching out to me because he was in dire needs, you know, his... 
know, I could go on and on, but either way, what's happening is he's being paid. So I'm sending money down to my friends with the Abundant Edge, their business. They're keeping track of hours and finance, and they are employing him to show up to work every single day. He's being trained in permaculture design, growing, gardening, building, eco work. Like right now, he's building, um, like, traditional homes, working out of, they're planting edible food forests. He's learning English. He's able to bring organic, healthy food home to his family every day. Malnourishment's a huge thing in these communities, as I know you experience. So my preface to this whole thing is we paint this picture of cacao and the indigenous way and what it can do for us in a glorified way that isn't necessarily based in reality right? And that's what's coming up in this new age we're in and that I think is so important for so many of us showing up is we want that clarity on what we're doing and what we're a part of. So that knowingness fuels me in every single cup I have of knowing we're reforesting an almost extinct original being and some young kids whose this was their original medicine that it got taken away from the white man, by the white man, not from, it got taken away from them by the white man back in the day, is now being returned again. This huge circle's happening in a loving retribution of honesty and all of us showing up of like, hey, we can't change any of that. And we see the direction the world's going. So let's build a platform that we can now go to, right? Instead of looking at what's crumbling, let's use the other side of creation. Let's creation focus, is two let's, sides. Yes, Destruction exactly. and the creation. Yes. So let's create that, that fluid tributary out. Right. And so that's what we're doing with this is creating this platform to enable and empower and educate. So, I mean, its health benefits are off the chart. Right. And then add in the prana you get from that and then the collective consciousness that you're then tapping into in that. Well, and the purity of the source is huge. It's massive. Because it all comes from the seed. It is. And, and a so, lot of cacao is getting very sick out there because it's not being cared for. Yeah. And how is that seed being – what is the – energy of the person who's planting that seed mm -hmm. and harvesting those 100%. beans, right? All yes. of that stuff. Yes. So I love that. So the, so the, the source is just pure and beautiful. And through purchasing this, we're really in service. 100%. Of an amazing transformation and um, coming together of yeah. communities that have been separate. Yeah. And I'm going to start challenging our customers and our communities and our businesses to go in with their groups or their friends or individual and sponsor children. So for them to have a full salary, it's like $150 every two weeks that they need. So get five of your friends, 10 bucks a week. Right. Things like that. Yeah. You know, entire training groups, exercise groups, athletic it. groups, wellness centers, cafes that we're going to get into. So I went through and the, and the, so then we go to the polarity side of what I've been doing. I went in full on business. We are a 10,000 shareholding corporation with an umbrella company and a nonprofit attached to it. And we have the outlet and capability of also building out other brands to be more athlete specific, to be more child specific, you know, in these different ways. So that, because different strokes for different folks, right? Um, and I want to cross culture. I love culture. I love people. I think we're all just so great and we just need to realize that. Yes, we <laughs> you do. know it's that simple. So how can athletes use the cacao for their recovery, for their performance? I mean, I, I know because I've been using it for years and I, I love to pop beans about the last, starting like the last 15 miles of like an ultra. Cause I know it's, you know, there's a little bit of time before it's going to hit my blood and 
really, and I, I oh boy. How do you notice do you, it? Tell me. How do I notice it? Yeah, tell it? me about oh, it. I would I love mean, to hear. How I notice it is, it's like there's this uh, lightning that happens from inside <laughs> that I know exactly that what you're creates about. this space to allow my body to move more fluidly. Yep. When everything says that it should be moving with less range of motion and more suffering and more pain. And maybe those things are there. I don't really know. I don't really care. But it also allows me to get really, really focused. So when I'm out there running, and I was doing this in Ironman as well, like my focus is on my third eye center. Mm -hmm. It's not on what hurts in my foot. No way. No way, dude. That's Christy, not, baby. Christy. Yeah, no. My personal best is coming from Vortex in it. Third Eye Center. <laughs> and so with my fo- it allows I feel like it allows my focus to get really on point. Yes. Because the thing that I love about endurance sports is it strips you down. Yep. So here I am stripped down. Yep. Bringing in this high source pure like life force food to feed my cells. Something bigger takes over. Yes. And like I said, I'm not the doer anymore. Um, physically, what it feels like, it's very light in my stomach. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like there's a lot to digest. Did you ever go through a period of time when it wasn't? No, I've never experienced do. that. Some people, but it's generally folks that are more acidic, toxic, and need to get to an alkaline state will go through that at first yeah. as it begins detoxing you. For me, it's like when you I, weren't in that place. You no, know? for me, it's one of my favorite things to really to, to, it's like a treat, you know, and I take it in towards the end, like the second half of a race. And it feels like there's nothing in my belly, right? Like I'm not working at digestion, but all the power is fed into my cells and I'm, I'm moving faster. I'm moving smoother. Yes. And I'm not really, you don't have to grasp doing much. Exactly. So that's, that's how it's, it's worked for me. And you know, I can only imagine for those, like, I mean, I know BJ has been using it too, but like those high level athletes out there that are now integrating, and I'm talking specifically to those athletes that I work with and you know who you are, to now start integrating cacao into that, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're, they've got, they're working with that purification process through meditation. Plus endurance sports is definitely, you're purifying out there because you oh, are absolutely tearing yourself down. And now adding the high vibration of the cacao. Talk is, about bringing in a download every single five minutes. I mean, that's like the yeah. level. You're just it, so clear. Clarity. You get so, you get clear. so clear. And you start tapping in though to this source, this grid, like your body then it's like, I find that I go through these phases, yes, through the assistance of cacao, through the assistance of my inner space, and just, you know, the toolbox, right? The accumulation and the yes that we're saying of this moving, where, like, sometimes I sit and I'm like, it's not even a shoulder girdle anymore. It is a story. It is a space. It is 800 lifetimes that just got triggered because of that thing that just happened over there and now it's pinching. It's always It's not because I did too many push-ups, you know? And so cacao assists me and everybody in not only fueling us and tuning us, you know, tuned in, turned on, tapped in, right? Abraham Hicks right there for you. Like get in the vortex, 
choose the path and the reality you want to be living. And then the universe has no other option except to conspire in your favor. And yet, while you're in there, allowing yourself to stay in the witness space. So as you're running, as you're out there, as you know, the foot's going or the knee, but you're still in the drifty. So you're still in that focused charge. And I wouldn't even say charge. I'd say focused vortex is really what it is while you're in the receptive receiving witnessing state at the same time. And then cacao also opens up a space. I feel like then you have an inner process as well, where you can dialogue with any levels. And so the pain to the resistance, you can bring them up. Oh, you can yeah. bring them up into that heart space. You can bring them up into the breath and and then that prana comes back in like we started this talk with, you know, and you tap in. And so I, I feel cacao is just this amalgamator and it gets into your body and it's being and it goes into the nervous system. It goes into the subconscious and it goes into the collective. And it's like, what is this being's deepest, deepest dreams? What are their deepest fears? What is all of it? All right, let's help them become whole. And here we go. Like, and that would be the plant medicine side of it that is in a metaphysical state, right, on that, that energetic level, which we're all starting to tap into, into that superfood plant medicine side that is so apparent and important for all of us now where, I mean, some days I'm having chia pudding and some fruit and cacao and I'm getting eight o'clock at night and I'm like, I should probably put more food in me, but what do I need? You know, like it's this transcendent state we're getting. And I'd say that, you know, it's called the food for the shift, so I'd say that's one of my favorite aspects of it is how it can bring us into relationship with ourselves. So if that run you're on or that swim or that bike or for me that seventh hour of Klingon language and computer world you know, <laughs> that I'm now speaking, Spock out, um, <laughs> like whatever it is, I'm able to find joy in it now. And I'm able to laugh and I totally talk to myself all the time now because I'm so busy with so many things, but cacao brings that element of joy in it for me and that like, girl, I got your back. You know, it's that feeling. And yet when I turn and I go into a very yin space, because we can talk about all this amazing outward stuff, but let's not lie here. If we're doing light work, we're also doing shadow work. And if you're making waves, you got muck coming up from underneath. And some days I wake up and I'm just like, oh, I just have to feel. I just need to feel because things are moving so fast and it's accelerated and changes are happening and love's coming in and energy and I'm watching the people around me transform as well into these new paradigms and I just need to maybe let some tears flow right, right. now. And it's okay. And it's so perfect. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. And I think that uh, there's confusion. I see a lot of confusion in the athlete world that – um, injury is bad, um, yeah. you know, and it makes them sad. It makes them mad. It makes them feel unworthy. But if we could start to embrace this mindset of all that injury is, or the, I'm not going to do this race anymore because I don't have enough time to train for it. These creations that we block our, our success, if I can use that word, um, it's just the muck coming up. That's all it is. It's just energy coming up. And it's going to continue to come up and show up mm -hmm. until you get to the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Because you, me, signed up for this. Mm -hmm. And we had, we, 
we said, this is what we're going to, this is what we need to conquer mm-hmm. and get and get to the other side of in this life. Mm-hmm. So that's why these things come up and all it is is muck. Yes. And sometimes we need to get still and just allow it to settle. You that's know, there's it. a, I love this, the quote from the Tao, which is, you know, can you be, I might be misquoting, but it, it's to the effect of, can you be still enough to allow the mud to settle and the water to become clear again? Exactly. And if you can just hold yourself courageously in a moment of adversity, I promise you that mud is going to settle. Yep. I promise you the clarity is going to come. It will. And it happens right after you're dead set determined it's not and it's over. You know what I mean? That yes. fi- which is where most people stop. Oh, and it's awesome. that place you have to get through. Hell yeah. I love it. Okay. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Because <laughs> we could go all day. We could. Uh, thank you so much, Noel. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Oh, and I want to give out a promo code, though, to everybody. Heck yeah. So I want to give a 10% discount to anybody that wants to buy cacao through our website. Okay. And then I'd love to work with you guys as we get going on whatever amazing offering we want to put out there. Oh, there's work. There's, we've known that great. there is work for us yes. to do together in this world. And so we're going to continue to let that unfold. And I will include all that information in the show notes and the intro. And Yogi so you and 10. I will get, we'll do the, we'll do our due diligence. Boom. All right. I Boom. love it. Boom. Hey, so much gratitude to all of you. Thanks for having me on here and taking time out of your day to listen. If you're still tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> Nola Ganem, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoyed our chat. The website is oneworldcacao.com and the code is yogi10. Get yourself some cacao for your training, racing, and life. Nola is the real deal and she is serving as a catalyst to great change in our world. Listening to this podcast, supporting the show, and sharing it with your communities is helping us further Yogi Triathlete's mission to create a better world. And just like One World, Yogi Triathlete has always been more than a business. She was a being from the start, and from day one, BJ and I have followed her lead. Yogi Triathlete is an international community of people interested in tapping into their inner badassery and deliberately creating their life. Nola is for sure a Yogi Triathlete, and I'm so grateful for her generosity to be on the show again. Thank you, Telsis, for taking on the challenge of doubling her Patreon support. We are challenging all current Patreon supporters to double their support through the end of the year. And if on January 1st, you find that you're still able to put food on your plate and clothes on your back and gas in your car, then we're going to ask you to keep it. Uh, And thank you so much, Joan, for becoming a new patron to the show. Both of these ladies are kick-butt Ironman triathletes living the awake and ready life. And for our Patreon supporters of $10 or more, we have a brand new 45-minute power care video up on patreon.com forward slash yogi triathlete. Here it is, guys. Five minutes of core, 30 minutes of yoga, 10 minutes of rolling. So, so good. Also, if you are a local to SoCal, we will be at Slim Jim Transformation in Escondido, California on October 20th for their wellness event. We'll have Yogi Triathlete cookbooks on hand, and I may be doing a little something-something with meditation. We'll just have to see how it all shakes down. Awakeness is our divine right, but only we as individuals can bring this way of living into our life and make it our norm. We must show up for the work. We must cultivate finesse to allow and trust. 
We must walk with blind faith and our vision for what we are meant to create in this life must be beyond doubt. The old paradigm of see it to believe it no longer works, you guys. The energies have shifted, and in order for us to up-level, to live our best, to race our best performances, we must be willing to integrate the dark and the light. 